Hey, it's Chris Wendelkin, and this is On The Line, a podcast where I call my friends living around the country to talk all things uh, life and NBA hoops and whatever else. Thanks for tuning in. If you're new to the show, you can tweet at me at onthelime underscore pod. I'm on Instagram at onthelinepod. You can email me at onthelinepod at gmail.com. And last, if you could please rate, review, and subscribe to the show on iTunes or wherever you get podcasts. Uh, I greatly appreciate it. It helps the show out a lot. My guest today is Tony Hartman. Tony is a digital media and self-described content king living in Los Angeles. His podcast is called Bumpers. You can look it up online. He's a huge Cavaliers fan. He is a Akron native. He's one of the best dudes I know. So let's give a call to Tony Hartman. Hello. On the line, Tony Hartman. What's going on? Not much, man. How's it going? I'm good, buddy. I'm good. What's new with you? Uh, not much. Just uh, apologies in advance. Yeah. I am, I'm working from home today. Of course. And my, my dog might go off a few times. Hey, listen. Uh, I, I uh, also work from home. And by working from home, I mean I set up a little microphone on my kitchen table and call my friends and talk about the MEA. So if my dog starts barking as well, uh, no, you know, uh, no worries. You're, you're in good company here. Cool. I feel like that's a common issue with podcasts. Yeah. Um, feel, it's, I, it's a common refrain here. Yeah. I've never met your dog, but it looks like Frank? a really well-behaved dog. Yeah, he's a great guy. He's a great guy. Wait, remind me about your dog. What's your dog's name? It's Humphreys. Humph- um, Humphreys. Yes. And that uh, was not named after Chris Humphreys, correct? No, that's a common misconception. Okay. A lot of people ask about that. Just figured um, I'd ask, I would, yeah. I would be very embarrassed if that were the case. <laughs> um, we actually... He was inherited from our niece, who uh-huh. was like four at the time. Okay. Um, Wait, you inherited, hum- you inherited Humphreys from your niece? Yeah. Okay. So it was one of those situations where it was, you know, the puppy of the family dog in my wife's family. Yeah. And very clearly our niece was not ready to ready have a to dog. Do yeah. Um, I remember uh, my wife sent me, she was like home visiting in Washington and she sent me a video of our niece giving Humphreys a mud bath as a puppy. Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of like, all right, you know, I I didn't know if we were ready to have a dog, but I was certainly not ready to let this dog get mud baths. Um, And I'm glad we did because he's, you know, he's most certainly a certified rascal, but he's a cool dog. No doubt. Hey, real quick on Chris Humphreys. Was he ever a Cavalier? You know, it seems like he would have been, but it feels no. like, like spiritually, I feel like he's been a cavalier for like a season and a half. Like LeBron yeah, never, LeBron never hired him to just come in and pull down offensive rebounds. No, and I, I can't. If it would have happened, shocking. it would have been this season, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah or yeah. the and the whole Kardashian element. It just feels like he yeah. would be a cavalier, but he hasn't. He's never been a cavalier. No, he hasn't. Um, but I, I, I'm just going to consider him part of that. The <laughs> He's Davis part of squad. the family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of late, the late 2011 uh, Cavs, the pre-Kyrie Baron Davis era of like a couple months there, where they're actually kind of fun. When would uh, when do we think uh, was Chris uh, Chris Humphrey's last year in the NBA? If you had to guess, I think it was last year. I think he was on Atlanta. Last. Really? He might have played this year, actually. Oh, I'm googling this right now. Right yeah. now. Uh, basketball reference let me get a last 2016 2017 for atlanta age 31 very nice yeah he, wow. he had a couple like 
impressive plays against the Cavs in like one of the series where yeah. where uh, the Cavs swept Atlanta yeah. over those couple of years. But like I remember a couple of times seeing Chris Humphreys do something and be like, wow, yeah, he can yeah. he can sort of play basketball. NBA basketball player. All right, Tony, I called you. I mean to uh, I mean, how are you? I mean that that's 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 my big thing. <laughs> that's my big question for you. I want to take your temperature here on the Cavs, on LeBron the playoffs and I, I just want to know how you're feeling what you're feeling I mean is it is are you feeling is it a sense of like appreciation for for the incredible LeBron playoffs is it is it anxiety are you or is it fear are you hopeful are you optimistic are you pessimistic what's going on like you know tell me one I guess all of the above I wouldn't say right. I'm pessimistic in any way um mostly because going back to what you kind of originally brought up, yeah, that it's like an appreciation for this postseason that LeBron's having is yeah. is unworldly and you know thrilling to watch. I mean, regardless of what happens, I I will say I still very much believe the Cavs are going to win this series in six games. Unbelievable, unbelievable. So you think the Cavaliers are going to win the next four games in a row? I think so. Yeah. Okay. We're going to get into in greater detail how you see that playing out because I can't just, <laughs> I can't allow you to just blindly call four games in a row without some real tactical, I, I, I need to know how that's going to unfold, but talk, just talk to me about what you're feeling. So you're, you're feeling hopeful, you're feeling optimistic and a sense of appreciation for what you've seen from LeBron. Yeah, absolutely. Um, one, I think just like in the Indiana series, I think it's a very similar, uh, dynamic yeah. between the two teams. Um, and I just think they can figure it out. I've been obviously disappointed. You mean Indiana, far. Indiana and Boston, there's a similar dynamic. I think so. I mean, yeah. just how like the Cavs match up against both teams. Are and we, how, like, is it fair to say that Indiana was the better team between Toronto and Indiana? Like Indiana obviously put up a, a much better fight against the Cavaliers, but like, against the Cavs. Yeah. I, yeah. Think that, I think Toronto, like I said, I, have a soft spot for them. Um, oh, I think they're probably a better team at winning basketball games. They're just so bad against what not happened, just LeBron, dude? but the Cavs. What yeah. happened? What happened there? Like you watched that series. What, what did you see? Like, why did they fold so easily Toronto? I just think they're so afraid of LeBron. Yeah. No, I, I, th- I mean, I literally think that's it. Like undeniable. In, in game yeah. one, they just had that look in their eyes where it's like, oh shit, it's this guy again. Like the deer in the headlights thing. I've said this on a few podcasts now where it was like, it's that it's like, he's the bully in school and they just cannot get away from him ever. And, uh, man, that was incredible. I mean, just to see them like wilt like that. I mean, it, it is kind of sad. I, I, my heart does go out for those, the fans and the franchise, but Man. Yeah, great fan base. Um, I, I see a lot of Cavs fans talk a lot of smack on on Toronto, and really? I, I didn't want to. Yeah, I didn't want to really engage with that because, like, I I, I just yeah. knew not that it was luck. It's just like the Cavs are so good against the Raptors, and you know, no matter what happens, I guess the rest of these playoffs. That was really fun to watch. I, I watched that. What was it Game Three? I think where where LeBron hit that shot, and it was at like a a Cinco de Mayo thing at a friend's house and we're watching the game and I just watched it happen. Like I watched him hit that buzzer beater and like, yeah. Yeah. And just felt that sense of like, of course he did that. Like, of course that was going to happen. Um, and it, you know, it is kind of like a don't take this for granted thing, um, which is kind of how I've always tried to operate. But yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't think anyone stands a chance against the warriors, which we can obviously talk about, but like, I think, I think the Cavs are still going to the finals. Wow. 
Wow. So you are you are really bullish on the Cavs. Like you you you're feeling hopeful. You think they're going to turn it around these next four or five games here. I'm really bullish on. I just don't think LeBron will accept not going to the finals. And I, I, I mean, the, the Celtics are impressive. Everyone talks about Brad Stevens and everything. The team is good. And I think they're either going to be scary good when they get back there to, you know, star yeah. players yeah. next year. Yeah. Or it's just not going, the chemistry is not going to be there. And they might be better off just like running and building around what they have right now. Um, I think it's, it's probably pretty, if I were Kyrie Irving, I would feel very weird about stepping in next year just in general like i i don't know i i don't see him as a celtic but that's kind of getting off off track here i just don't think i i don't think this celtics team as good as they are is experienced enough to be able to pull back when you know the the rest of the team's going to make shots the rest of the Cavs are going to make shots the same thing happened in the indiana series um and then you know in the toronto series they series they've been pretty cohesive cohesive good buddy contributed pretty well for the most part um i think that's again and yeah it definitely i think it's entirely possible that not only the Cavs win the series but they rattle off the next four you know what's really strange yeah we're, we're talking on thursday right now i don't yeah. know when this will air but yeah, there's no game tonight Friday. yeah i know there's no that's so weird it's crazy I, part of <laughs> what are you gonna my, do yeah part of my excitement for working from home is like i'd actually get to see the game tip off on time and yeah. there is there is no game to watch tip off on time yeah man all right so it's interesting talking to you because i feel like to be honest with you you know you're I, i'm a lebron appreciator and lover i'm a knicks fan and i just i kind of like revere great greatness great players uh same way with jordan uh you know magic bird all those guys and just seeing lebron do what he's done over the last 13 14 years um, I, I just have such admiration for him as a player. So I've, I, I have enjoyed watching LeBron, but kind of wistfully um, these playoffs because part of me is very aware of like the conversation that's happening around him and the Cavs that there's this great potential that he could leave in free agency or, you know what I mean? Like, or is he on the downside of his career? Um, and it sounds like you are coming at it from a very different perspective because you're a you're a natural fan of the Cavaliers and you truly think he can win the series. And knowing you, I know that you think that like he's not going anywhere. Like yeah. you, you you are totally like you just don't have any of the nostalgia that I have. And it's really kind of amazing to me to talk to you and not hear any sort of like fear or dread or any of that. Like you don't think this is the last dance between LeBron and the Cavs. No. And if I were wearing glasses right now, I would be taking them off and cleaning them (laughs) in a Stephen A. Smith fashion before going into this uh, diatribe. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, So I will say I am a lifelong Cavs fan. Grew up in the, both the Akron and Cleveland area, yeah. um, which I've described, you know, to a lot of people, Akron is essentially Cleveland's Long Beach. Okay. <laughs> and in many different ways. Um, I've more so been a LeBron fan than a Cavs fan, which is, yeah. I think, how most rational fans approach it at this point. Uh, I've been really disappointed with Cavs fans in a different way than, than 2010. I'll get into that. But like I saw so when it came down to game seven Mm -hmm. against Indiana, I saw so many Cavs fans, some, um, you know, close friends with that were just saying like, this is probably going to be 
LeBron's last game as a Cav. Um, wow. And I thought it was just so defeatist. And like, like everybody assumes like, yeah, you know, he came back, he did delivered on his promise. So now he's going to move on to something better. Um, I think that's, that's a defeatist mentality yeah. that is part of why he came back was to kind of give people from Northeast Ohio the perspective that like, Hey, this is an all right place and it's a place you can win and thrive. Um, I don't think he just did it like, okay, I, I owe these people, you know, like I once I there. get one championship, yeah. I, can, I can leave. Yeah. If, so I will say I am, I'm disappointed that, you know, a lot of Cavs fans are looking at it already with that like defeatist lens, but I am encouraged that it, there's no toxicity behind it. And it's recognizing that like, if he leaves, it's going to be because he doesn't think he can keep winning championships here um, instead of, you know, it won't be like, oh, he, he spurned us. He, he doesn't care about us. He doesn't care about the franchise. And also, if he leaves, it's because the relationship with the owner is not good. Everybody yeah. knows that. I will say I think it's a little blown out of proportion. Um, I just don't think, you know, he cares much for Gilbert. I don't think there's anything super toxic there at this I mean, the point i just is, i just like, don't think he cares about it yeah exactly i think the thing with lebron is like he's gonna have an opinion about everything and any everything and everyone so wherever he goes there's gonna be some sort of drawback and it's like if you look too much into anything i'm sure you're gonna find reasons why you know oh there i'm sure there are reasons about the lakers in los angeles why it's like eh, well maybe he actually doesn't want to be here the same with philadelphia or houston or any one of these situations so no situation is going to be totally perfect for him um let's talk about all three of those but first i okay. i think i talked last time i came on yeah i might have shared my my bold prediction can that you just does throw, have, it, throw it out there one more time yeah of course it's lebron will very soon you know with with a special interest group special interest being his own interest will own part of the Cavs oh with God. you know his team owning the rest i think rich paul's going to be the president of basketball operations um none of this is without you know some hashtag sources behind it, um, which I think I've I've talked to you about a little bit. Yeah, um, I I really think that's I I believe that's the goal. This is this and, is uh, currently Thursday, May seventeenth, two thousand eighteen. Put it in the books. Tony Hartman called it on the airwaves. So let's just putting it out there now. And look at it from okay, look at it from Dan Gilbert's perspective. For it, what everyone says about the guy, he's obviously not an idiot. If he sells the team now yeah, yeah. to retain LeBron or he sells it without LeBron, look, I mean, just think about like the difference in how much the franchise is going to be worth. It's absurd. I mean, I, that I would do. be the most insane negotiating tact. If LeBron steps up to the table, he has like an offer from the Lakers and the 76ers in his hand and he goes to yeah. Dan Gilbert and is like, here's what's going to happen. I'm going to give you fair market value to purchase a team that has LeBron James signed long-term on it. And this is the amount of money I'm going to pay you to do that. And you're going to say yes and give me the keys to the franchise or I'm going to leave town. Like, do you think that's even remotely possible that it happens this off season? Yeah. I think it's been in, I think it's been in motion since he came back. And Unreal. I think real, I think Dan Gilbert has had like at least 30% knowledge that this is the intention and is totally fine with it because what and also because he's going to get paid right i mean it's like an insane amount of money right and Uh, doesn't dan gilbert have ties to detroit like isn't isn't he more of like uh isn't he from michigan dan gilbert he's from detroit he is single-handedly gentrifying detroit okay 
um, it, it's definitely something to look into. So, so like, there aren't these necessarily these emotional ties to Cleveland. No, and Ohio. no. Yeah, yeah. He was able to bring casinos to Cleveland by his influence by owning the Cavs during like the the early LeBron years. So he's he's made his his Fortune. money and kind of yeah. stamped there. If he sells the team now, mm-hmm. he will go down as the owner that brought a championship to Cleveland, put things aside with LeBron and retained him, you know, the, the, the hometown hero. Right. And considerably more wealthy than if he lets LeBron walk, is becomes hated for doing so, for of like course. driving him out of town and has to sell the team for less. Like it's, it's just... And I'm not saying that all those things will make LeBron want to stay. Like, I don't think those are like all factors in LeBron staying, but I certainly think that's, that's the way it's going to go. Um, yeah, I, I will put it out there. And I think wow. in the off season, I think that the roster is going to be dramatically overhauled around him for sure. Um, I have some thoughts of what I'd like to see happen. Yeah. I'm sure a lot of people do. I mean, can, can, can you just, all right, let's just do it. Let's just hop in. I mean, we're going to go, we're going to go off the, the tracks a little bit here, but yeah. Like, what do you see? Like, what, what are his, let's talk free agency and like create the blueprint for me, wherein LeBron stays in Cleveland and how do they upgrade the roster? Like what are they, what are they bringing in and what are they shipping out? I think LeBron wants to play off the ball. So I think yep. they need, they need, a playmaker, okay. a real, a real point guard. Okay. Um, and I, they need size, man. I think that's it. Okay. I uh, think you could look at, it could end up like a, I don't know, I would say like Damian Lillard and LeBron as like a CP three and James Harden like wow. duo. Yeah. Hey, isn't um, there a guy in uh isn't there a guy that's maybe a little disgruntled <clears throat> that plays, um, in our nation's capital, Washington, DC, that is a client for clutch sports. Uh, I love that. Rich Paul, yeah. John Wall. Yeah, I and, love that. Uh, could he potentially maybe get shipped to Cleveland, Ohio? I don't know how that makes sense money-wise, but yeah. it's not my money. I don't care. And of course. I'm down. I'm 100% down with that. Interesting, interesting. And what about Kevin Love's future? Do you think he stays with the team? Man, I, I hope so. Um, that's obviously been a complicated issue, Subject. but he's, man, he's, you know, He's the pinnacle of class. He's a yeah. champion. Yeah. Uh, I Nothing bad to say about Kevin Love. I would love to see him stay on the Cavs forever. All right. So we need a point guard, a playmaker. We need bigs, and we need to shift LeBron off the ball. Yes. Okay. I mean, I could definitely come up with a sales pitch if you're the Philadelphia 76ers. I mean, and I'll give it to you real quick. Here's my here's the recruiting pitch. It's, it's uh, hey, LeBron, why don't you come to Philadelphia? It's an hour and 20-minute plane ride to Akron, uh, about a six-hour drive. <clears throat> um, you can look. Ben Simmons, he, he has a broken jump shot. His, his, his biggest asset is distributing the ball. Uh, you can play off the ball, and you're just gonna you're gonna take the majority of the shots. Save your body. You're never gonna chase down another offensive or defensive rebound again. That guy, that guy, Joel Embiid, that seven footer, that beast down low. He's gonna take care of all the rebounding. Don't worry about him. Next, we have all these spot up shooters all around you. We have JJ Redick. He's gonna re- he's gonna resign on a sweetheart deal because he knows you're coming. Maybe we even uh, I don't know. Maybe we even ship out Covington and bring in a couple more guys. Maybe Kyle Korver. Uh, learns about you coming to Philly and he, he hops on board. Um, 
the Western Conference is still really difficult. The East is uh, coming up, but it's still less difficult than the West. You'll play, I don't know, 70% of the minutes that you have been playing. You'll be healthier. Um, and we have a road to the championship for you. Plus, one of your key clients, Ben Simmons, is also a member of One Clutch Sports. I think it makes complete sense for basketball reasons, and it's yeah. probably the situation that makes me the most like, well, I'd probably I'd consider that if yeah. I were him. Yeah. Um, I just I think it's still a season or two before realistically you're like that team can beat the Warriors. But maybe I mean it, having LeBron is like having another yeah. great coach. Maybe they can figure that out. And but I also think for Ben Simmons, is it really? I'm I'm sure it's helpful for him to develop. He just doesn't seem like the kind of player that wants that. I think he, I think it'd be another Kyrie situation yeah. where maybe it's like, and I, the the thought of like rent a LeBron uh-huh. is <laughs> awful. Like, so and crazy. I, that's aside I from the. Aside from the Lakers, that's the situation. If, if like Houston and Philly are both rent to LeBron situations where it's yeah. just like they're putting this together just to dethrone the Warriors. And here's why I don't think LeBron would do that because the Warriors are the Warriors because they wanted to dethrone LeBron. Right. So at this like point, LeBron it's just is like not a, accommodating. Like, like, yeah, exactly. Like, exactly. Yeah. yeah. LeBron is the alpha. Yeah. Um, all right. So with that in mind, um, can so let's think about the Cavaliers. So uh, we had the lottery. The NBA lottery uh, happened on what Tuesday, Monday night, and um, the Cavs will be selecting eighth overall. Yep. Kobe Altman and the Cavs front office—they're not going to know what LeBron's plans are by the time that they pick on June twenty-first. So that allegedly, put, yeah, it, it puts them in a tough spot. It puts it's going to put them in a tough spot. Even if LeBron sort of gives indications of what he's going to do, it's going to put these guys in a tough spot. So I've been seeing names like Miles Bridges, Michael Porter, Mikael Bridges, Trey Young. All these guys are popping up in mock drafts around the internet. I don't watch college basketball, so I don't really know anything about these guys other than the draft profiles that you read. But same here. How do you think the Cavs? Should and will handle the draft. I mean, will they plan as though LeBron? is coming back and will they try to find the best complimentary piece or should they just take the best available long-term asset regardless of how that person is going to fit with LeBron? Well, there's a few different scenarios. One, I think behind the scenes, they will have some insight either way. Cause I also think if we're talking if about LeBron, one month from now, one month from now, yeah, LeBron yeah. is going to tell them, look, this is what I'm doing. So this is how you ought to, approach the draft i think there will be some insights i think if in the small chance he would leave like w- don't you think like a sign and trade is like the most like likely scenario so maybe there would be some some traction gotcha. already with that okay uh so one i don't think they'll be going into it totally blind okay um and two, there's also the remember what the heat did uh, when with their like first round draft pick that had the one year where yes. LeBron just tweeted Shabazz, Shabazz Napier. Napier, yeah, yeah, so so that's who they drafted. Maybe that's what will happen. Has he tweeted anything? Has he given any indication of who he likes? Nope. Okay, so we'll, this, we're this waiting be, on a LeBron this be tweet after the the play. Yeah, okay. It, it, you know he doesn't he doesn't use social media during the playoffs. Oh, so man. yeah, that is. I mean, I don't think the Heat get enough uh, flag for that, but at the same that, time. Yeah. 
but at the same time, I completely understand why they did it. Right. I mean, I just keep thinking about, you know, when it comes to this like issue of, do you develop, do you, do you take the best player for your current team or do you take the best long-term asset and just try to develop him? And when, whenever I think about this, you know, the situation that always comes to mind is Darko Milicic and, uh, versus Carmelo Anthony in the 2003 draft, well, LeBron's draft. And the Pistons right. were the team that was on the clock. They were a team in title contention. I forget exactly how they wound up with the second overall pick or the third overall pick, whatever it was, but they had this ridiculous lottery pick that they acquired in a trade, and they they were a championship-level team. Chauncey Billups, Rasheed Wallace, Ben Wallace, all these guys, Rip Hamilton, and... You know, they took this young foreign born player that needed time and reps on the floor in order to develop. And um, Larry Brown just never ha- had no interest in playing a young guy and was he just wanted to play his vets. And, you know, it, it was to a detriment for Darko. He never really had the opportunity to develop. So it, I'm, I'm very curious to see what the Cavs will do here. Um, you know, there's a school of thought that maybe they should trade the pick, right? Maybe they should trade the pick for yeah. a veteran player. I don't know, like for, for maybe, maybe, maybe it's part of the John Wall trade or something, you know, I I don't know. Completely on board with that. My brother had an interesting thought. What about just dumping, trading the pick and Tristan just to dump the salary? Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Um, My, my reaction to that was if LeBron wants to do it, I'm good with it. Man, that's an expensive, that's an expensive (laughs) salary dump. Jeez. Yeah. Um, All right. I want to talk about LeBron's, uh, I mentioned to you this before. I kind of want to talk about LeBron's playoff run this, this year thus far, Indiana, Toronto, now Boston, and sort of put it in context with his career at large and kind of think about where will LeBron's 2018 playoffs rank for his career versus all the other times that he's been in the playoffs and, um, you know, first big shout out to this, uh, this writer, Adam Framal from Bleacher Report. He put together an incredibly comprehensive guide of ranking LeBron's, um, oh, yeah. career in the playoffs year by year. But Tony, as, as our resident LeBron historian on the pod here, where does 2018 rank all time for, for you, in your opinion, for the King? It's his 13th trip to the postseason. You know, I know it's impossible to rank something that we're in the middle of. You know, it's 2018, so it's it's hard to have a complete perspective here because the season hasn't finished. But, you know, let's consider a few different years and talk about some of his all-time great postseasons. This year, to, to give a quick snapshot, in 2018, he's 32.7 points, 9.2 rebounds, 9 assists, 1.4 steals, and 1.1 blocks. He has beat he beat the Pacers four games to three. He swept the Toronto Raptors four games to zero, and he currently trails the Celtics zero to two. Um, I mean, this has been unprecedented. This this yeah. uh, this run as 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 far as how it compares to others. What would you say? Um, I think if they make the finals, it's God. It got to be top three. Yeah. Uh, regardless, I'm there. probably from yeah. a personal level. Of, top five because he's he's doing everything he can there's some really inexperienced players on that team and that's obviously like really showing i'm not going to be one of those like i'm not going to be like all doom and gloom like this is the worst team lebron's had or anything like that i don't think that's true at all um but it is probably one of the least experienced well it's Um, it's it's for sure um it's for sure one of his 
I don't want to say least experienced or worst teams, but like he's required to do more on this team. He has so much more responsibility on this team than he ever had with like the Miami Heat or even when he was playing along Kyrie, you know, Kyrie and Kevin Love. Um, This is just a totally different, he has totally different responsibilities on this team. And it's because there is no other choice. Like there is no plan B. He is plan B. He's plan A. He's plan B, C, D, E. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I wonder how, how this postseason compares in your opinion versus some of the other great ones, you know, in 2009, he, uh, he beat the Pistons four games to zero. He beat the Hawks four games to zero and eventually lost the Orlando magic in the Eastern conference finals, two games to four, but he averaged 35 points, nine rebounds, seven assists. Yeah. A steal. Yeah. Like one and a half steals, a block. Um, I mean, he. When you think about that team, I mean, his his supporting cast was Anderson Vergeau, Ben Wallace, Delonte West, Mo Williams. I mean, that like that was his. Yeah, that was his supporting cast. Um, there, is, I would say, in two thousand seven and yeah. two thousand nine, significant amount of his teammates seemed like people that probably <laughs> smoked cigs. So I think, <laughs> I think that maybe there's less. Seems like less cig smoking uh, with the with this team. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it just insanely impressive for sure. Like yeah. I think having Corver now, like just having a guy like that, that like, you know, most of the time he's able to knock you down. Can get him like semi open. Yeah. He's going to knock down some ridiculous shots. He didn't have anything resembling that back then. Um, JR on a good night is one of the best things you can have in JR on a bad night is one of the, as we saw with game two, one of he's the absolute so worst. Jekyll and Hyde, man. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So I mean, it just it, the the how much help does LeBron need? People are absurd at this point. Um, but I think, regardless of what happens this offseason, he's he's going to get help. He's going to get help. Yeah. Why don't we break down some of the Celtics uh, Cavalier series here? Um, talk a little X's and O's. I mean, the Celtics are not the Celtics are not messing around at this point. So the number two Celtics uh, are up two games to, to zero against the number four Cavaliers. Their series resumes on Saturday, May 19th in Cleveland. Um, they destroyed the Cavs in game one. They came back on Tuesday and beat them 107 to 94 to take a 2-0 series lead. I mean, look, LeBron James had an incredible 42.12 assist, 10 rebound, triple yeah. double. But dude, was he concussed? Did he get a concussion? Man, I, I hope not. Um <sighs> he because if that rocky, were the case, man. Yeah. I, I don't want to I would not want to see him playing. I mean, luckily, I guess that's where like having four days off or so does kind of make a difference. But like, I I really hope he didn't. But it's about fifty fifty, I think. In the he didn't really. I think what was his like? They asked him about. It, he's like, oh, I was checked for a lot of things. Yeah, exactly. I didn't want to take this like that. Kind of seemed like a Isaiah that's Thomas a cover, <laughs> yeah, kind of thing. Like you know, like yeah. something like kind of like passive aggressive thing. Like it would have said about like uh, the Celtics crew, but hopefully you know hopefully that's not the case but man he yeah he's he's getting beat up out there i mean okay so lay out the give me the blueprint how are the how are the cavaliers winning the next four games here i mean cleveland has dealt with chaos and turmoil and turnover throughout their whole season you know they traded half of their roster at the trade deadline um they managed to pull that series against indiana out of their ass um, they swept. They swept the Raptors. Give me a reason to believe that the Cavs can win the next four or of five games. I think here. guys will make shots that didn't in Game Two. Um, I think George Hill is 
I feel like it sucks to be saying this, but like, I think he's a difference, more of a difference maker than he's uh, gotten credit for. Mm -hmm. Um, I think he'll, he'll step up quite a bit. Um, man. And I just, I just don't think the Celtics are experienced enough to be able to figure out like an onslaught of LeBron, just kind of, clicking and figuring it out here's but the thing if, here, here, here's the thing i'll say like the Cavs came out with a sense of urgency in the beginning of game two i mean lebron looked like a monster in that fourth quarter and it's really yeah. it's sad that he got hit in the head like that and just did not look the same afterwards because the one observation that i had is like the Cavs just need to play harder yes guys need to make shots all yeah. the role players need to make shots george hill jr smith corver all these guys need to start hitting open shots um, but they also just need to play harder and they need to match LeBron's energy. And he came out yeah. flying in game two. So um, I hope, I hope by game three on Saturday, he's back to full health because that to me is like the biggest difference. And the biggest note is, and the biggest adjustment is like, just play harder and play faster, chase yeah. down, t- chase down open uh, rebounds. You got to hit open shots. Yeah. I mean, I, like you said, I think it's just like a, a Cavs team playing like they did against the Raptors. Um, I don't think the Celtics have the firepower and I, I think they've, we've seen the best of them and it always seems like with LeBron teams, like think about like, even like the heat, uh, against the Pacers when the Pacers were really popping. Um, it just always seems like you see the peak of teams like that. And then LeBron just kind of figures it out. And I, I think that could, I'm more confident than not that that'll still happen in this series. They just have to win one in Boston. That's that's gonna be the hardest part. It's also they've been playing in Boston, which is you know always yeah, it's a difficult place. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's talk about the West. So the number one seed Rockets are playing the number two seed Warriors. The series is tied one one. Game three is on Sunday. This Sunday in Oakland. Um, I mean, tell me what you what, what you see and what you've thought here. I mean, after you know, like the the Warriors ran wild in game one, and then the Rockets responded last night in a big way. Um, Houston just came out with a barrage of shooting, uh, Harden, Eric Gordon, each scored 27 points. J, uh, PJ Tucker put in 22, Chris Paul had 16 points. The thing is Durant, you know, Durant had 38 points, but it looked like just, it didn't matter. Um, so, uh, what did you see that you liked? Um, anything that you're looking for here? It seemed like um, the Rockets maybe were moving the ball a little bit better, right? They they weren't quite so ISO heavy, um, which has been the big knock on them. They were yeah. you know, getting the ball across half court in transition. Man, I, I originally thought like this is probably going to be a Warriors and five series. Yeah, um, which is kind of a bummer because it's just like, well, it's extremely a bummer as like an NBA fan in general, but as a fan of teams that are almost great. Um, it's, you just look at it and like a set, you know, the 73 win team added the second best player in the world. And there's just nothing anyone can do about it. Um, it's, it's, you know, sad to think about that. Like they, it, it is kind of like a, a cheat code team at this point that like, can anybody beat them in a seven game series? I'm a little more optimistic after you know houston kind of handling them last night but is this gonna be a situation like last year in the finals when like the Cavs pieced together that one perfect game yeah 
It's like that had to be perfect. Is that what the Rockets did last night? Yeah. yeah. I mean, you have to wonder, like, is this repeatable? I mean, the thing is, like I was saying, they they moved away a bit from the isolation stuff. It seemed like the ball was zipping around a little bit more and they were getting open shots for their, their role players. You know, Ariza had 19 points on seven of nine shooting. Eric Gordon had 27 points in 32 minutes. P.J. Tucker had 22 points. I think in game one, P.J. Tucker maybe had one point. So it's like that's a major swing. Um, is that the new normal or is that like sort of an aberration what we saw last night? Um, I mean, only time will tell. I think I originally picked the Warriors and six, and I'm standing by that. Um, I, yeah, you know, I think that's fair. Dude, the thing with this series is I just – I kind of just hate both teams, <laughs> to be honest. I agree, yeah. And I find them really hard to root for and really hard to like, and I just want to see it get a little dirty. Like, I, I I, would love to see someone get ejected. Not like, not any of the big players, not any of the stars, but I just, I I don't know. I, I want to see these, I want to see some shoving. Uh, I want to see some physical play. And um, yeah, it'd be fun if it was a, if it was a competitive series. So, we shall see. Like I said, game three resumes on Sunday in Oakland. Um, Tony, let's talk real quick, a little a little gambling here. So Saturday is game three between the Cavs and the Celtics. Um, can you guess who is favored? We're at we're at the uh the Quicken Loans Arena. Guess for me who is favored and how many points they're favored by. This is probably gonna piss me off when I hear the actual uh-huh. uh who's favored, okay. but I got to say Cavs by five. Good job. Cavs are favored by six and a half. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. there you go. Um, okay, so here are some uh, here's some gambling lines. We have to win the series currently. We have Boston is minus 225, meaning you have to bet $225 to win 100 bucks. Or you have Cleveland at plus 182, meaning a $100 bet gets you $182 on top of your original bet. I think you're taking the Cavs here, yeah? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, I, I, you can't, I can't bet against LeBron. I think uh, I think they're going to figure it out. How about any of these interest you? So these are series outcomes bets. So we have um, Cleveland in winning in six is plus 450. Cleveland in seven is plus 350. Boston in four is plus 700. Boston in five is plus 300. Boston in six is plus 500. And Boston in seven is plus 300. What do you like? Cleveland in seven. I know I originally, I wow. believe six is possible, but like, like oh I said, I think they just, they just got to win in Boston. They, if they figure out how to do that, like I'm not worried. <laughs> Unbelievable. All right. So you got Cleveland in seven. That's plus 350 for any of those p- uh, listeners out there that want to place a bet. And then we have odds to win the championship. We have Golden State at minus 210. We have the Houston Rockets at plus 300. The Boston Celtics are plus 900. And the Cavs have the worst odds of them or the best odds of them all. Plus 1,200. Meaning if you place a $100 bet and you're correct on the Cavaliers, you're getting $1,200 in return. It might be worth it just put throw ten dollars on yeah. my <laughs> throw ten bucks um, at the Cavs. It's legal yeah, now, yeah. right? That's that is true. Um, I just you know I'm still the only thing I'm really doom and gloom about is that I don't know if anyone can beat the Warriors that much. Yeah. But that that said, also felt the same way. But at this point in 2016, though, I think the Thunder were already kind of like, all right, they. They're winning games, you know, like obviously we, we know how that went, but yeah. like I definitely felt like they were pretty unbeatable then, but like 
and this is kind of what happened. Like I remember just like second round of the playoffs being like, you know, the Cavs don't really have it all together totally like Golden State does, but Golden State's going to beat the shit out of themselves trying to win all these games. This is true, man. And this ha- is true. Kind, kind of what happened. Um, I love it. I love it. I love it. I love that train of thought. Um, all right. Let me give you one or two more. I know you got to go. You don't have too long. But um, how about overall draft position? So these are NBA draft odds. Uh, overall draft position for Trey Young. So the Cavs select eighth, correct? Yeah. Okay. So over or under Trey Young being picked seven and a half. Uh, so if it's over seven and a half, it's plus 100. That would mean everything I read is that <laughs> he would be perfect for the Cavaliers or under seven and a half is minus 140. What do you got? Um, I'll go with over. Okay, great. But I, think, I, 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 just, I was going to say he's, he's one, I got to catch up on. I usually consume college basketball through Instagram clips <laughs> like most teens. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, I'll get in, dive into his a little more too. Okay. Um, and then, uh, how about number one overall pick odds? I have DeAndre Ayton minus 300, Luka Doncic plus 160, Jaron Jackson plus 2000, or any other players plus 850. Uh, I think Luka. Luka! Like yeah. I love I it. Enough to support that. Yeah. I love it. I love it. All right. Before I let you go, um, I just want to throw a little piece of Cavs trivia at you here. So which, since this is the NBA draft time, which of the following players was not was not originally drafted by your hometown Cleveland Cavaliers? Is it A, Jason Capono? Is it B, Drew Gooden? Is it C, Shannon Brown? Is it D, Jay Crowder? Or is it E, Alan Crabb? Yeah, I... Jason Capono, Drew Gooden, Shannon Brown, Jay Crowder, or Alan Crabb? Something makes me think I'm wrong about this already, but I think it's Crowder. And it's wrong. No, it's Drew Gooden. Drew Gooden was selected fourth overall by the Grizzlies in 2002. He was then traded to Orlando for Mike Miller and then was eventually traded to the Cavs along with Anderson Varejao for Stephen Hunter and Tony Batiste. Oh, man. The Shannon Brown, that's that's a good one. I, 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 I think about that. A couple times a year, I'd say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, uh, before I let you go, Tony, is there anything you want to plug? Where can people find you online? What's your uh, What's your Twitter handle? Tony Hartman with a, a underscore. Okay, I guess between Tony and Hartman. Tony uh, underscore lo- Hartman. And I love tw- I love tweeting. Okay, <laughs> I love tweeting. Listen, Tony, thanks for hopping on the pod, man. This was uh, super fun. We're pulling for you. We're pulling for LeBron and the Cavs. And I will uh, touch base with you sometime later in the playoffs. All right? Sounds great, man. I hope everything we talked about today shakes out <laughs> me too i'll talk to you soon tony later man bye all right that was a conversation with tony hartman tony thanks for taking a couple minutes to talk especially in the middle of the day appreciate it my name's chris Delkin. this is on the line you can email me at on the line pod at gmail.com if you like the show please rate review and subscribe in itunes enjoy the nba playoffs and i will talk to you next week